gifts of the Holy Spirit and what that means in our lives. So we're going to pray real quick. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for bringing us here today. We thank you for all that you're going to say in our lives today and how you are going to continue to lead and guide us by your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would anoint these words, Father, so that when we move forward in hearing them, we would take action to them, and that you would lead us and guide us in everything that we do for your glory and for your purpose. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so I wanted to start out with understanding why we need to understand. Uh, Lester Summerall said, if you don't know something or understand something, you can't expect to receive the fullness of it, right? So if I don't know a definition of a word, how can, how can I ever use it, right? So what we're going to be doing today is, first of all, I want to do a quick recap. I'm a visual learner, so I want to make sure that everybody understands what the gifts of the Spirit are, what the gifts of the Father, and the gifts of the Son, what they look like, what, how they evolve and what they mean in your lives. A lot of the times when we're sitting in the seats, we hear them and you're like, yes, amen. But then when you go back, you're like, can I say that? Can I lay them out myself? Can I do that? So I want to make sure you guys can and are understanding the ones, the, the, the ones that are given, the ones that you can pray for, and then the ones that you either got called for or you didn't. So <laughs> let's go over those. So first of all, I want to go over a scripture that is very familiar, which says Hosea 4.6. It says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because thou rejected knowledge. So we got to be acquainted with these giftings. We got to understand them. We got to get in the word and understand what they mean. And, you know, really, you're like, okay, see, these are the gifts of the Father. Which, which gifts are mine? You might have taken a test before. You might have done something in previous times where you figured out which one's yours. Do you still know what it is? Are you applying it? Are you actively seeking it to build it up in your life to become better at it? And also, you know, the gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit, those are going to be a little bit different because, you know, those are... By, as the Spirit wills. So that's going to take a different type of learning and, uh, and knowing how to get those. And of course, we have the gifts of the Son where you are called. So you have to figure out, was I called to do this? If I'm not, then that means I have a different purpose in the church. As we go into it, we want to understand that the gifts are going to, again, work only in our lives if we know about them. I was thinking about my phone. Can you imagine? So now most of, most of us all have smartphones. Can you imagine only using your phone to take phone calls and never using it to send texts, take pictures, emails, browse the web? You're kind of limiting yourself, right? There's all these things, the capabilities that your phone can do, but if you're only using it to call someone, you're not getting the best out of it. So we want to make sure that when 
the Lord says, look, I have gifts for you. That we can say, yes, and I want to use them. That we use them all and not just limited to one thing. And that's really what we want to make sure as we're studying the word that we develop ourselves in that area. All right, so I told you visual learners. So I have a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> a real quick one for those visual learners. So first of all, I broke down the gifts so you can visually see them. We start out with the gifts of the Father. Those come from birth. So that means you get no choice of whether you get any of these or not or which one you get. The Lord said, Ayla, I want you to have exhortation. He put exhortation, right? You remember the, the scripture that talks about, I build you in your mother's womb? He's talking about that. He's like, I'm going to put these giftings in you. And then we have the gifts of the son where Jesus comes and says, I've called you a prophet. I called you a teacher. And then, you know, we have example, Pastor Ziggy here. So visually, you could see that. And then lastly, we have the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And so here we have all of them straightforward for you guys to see that they're all, they're really all different. So we want to make sure when we're studying that we're not mixing them up, that I really can't just say, I want a gift from Jesus, because I can't really get it unless he gave it to me. Or I can't say, I want to pray for the gift of serving. Either God gave it to you or you didn't. That was at birth. So understanding those concepts of why we can pray for certain gifts and why praying for some might just be amiss. That's not going to do anything. So as we go through these, we're going to go a quick example of each one. So if we can go to the next slide. We have the gifts of the Father. We have a cute little picture of the baby being born. <laughs> we have the gift of prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, or administrative, and then mercy and compassion. And we find this in Romans 12, 3 through 8, in English Standard Version. Actually, let's read it in the Passion <laughs> translation, if we could get. Do we have that one? No? Okay, that's fine. I will read it to you. And this is, starts in verse 6. It says, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us very gifts. So, God has given you the grace of a gift of prophecy. Activate your gifts by using the proportion of it in faith. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others. If, the, if you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. Notice how he uses adjectives, actively and thriving. Like, you're not just sitting there hoping that it happens. You're actively doing these things. Um, if you have the grace uh, gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. I really like that version. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, 
then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. All of these are, again, you're actively working them. So find out which one's yours. We've all been giving, given a set of, this, of these gifts for the purpose of fulfilling our purpose, for the purpose of fulfilling our purpose. You know, and we all have different call, you know, we're called to do different things. I'll, I have been finding out in my job that I really like putting together programs and seeing things come into fruition. And you guys have seen me do it here at Winter's Church anyways, but I'm really tapping into an area where I'm like, I'm really jiving in this and I feel fulfilled and it's awesome. So find out what that is and then use these gifts of the Father to really push forward in your calling as in your purpose. I don't want to use calling because I know we're going to use it when we talk about Jesus' gifts. <laughs> um, but we're actively pursuing them. So again, without knowledge, without not knowing what we're supposed to be doing, we're just going to perish. So we don't want to do that. Um, but the cool thing is that it tells us, okay, so I've, God says, I've given you these gifts. Here's why. Uh, let's go to Romans 12.4. And I don't think this is the passion, so you could do ESV. It says, for as in one body we have many members, and the many members do not all have the same function, so we, through many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. We as a body must be using our gifts to make sure then that the body works and that we all work together. So we have a specific duty as the body of Christ to make sure we know that, know what our gifting is and really activate ourselves to uh, enjoy it. So, first, we then talked about the gifts of the fathers. Let's move over to the gifts of the son. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this is a question and answer type of thing. Huh? Any questions uh, about the father, the gifts of the father? Yeah, so I think you said that these are, are given to us at birth, or these are things that the father gives Tap it. <laughs> yes, make it the other one. <laughs> or I can move over and. <laughs> yeah. Or I can repeat it. <laughs> How about you say the question and then I repeat it? Yeah, so. These gifts are imparted at birth or during conce at conception. Uh, it built into us from, from birth. From birth, yes. Okay. So anybody here that has breath can say, I have a gift from the Father. Any other questions? Does everyone understand that clearly? Right, and because everyone's born with one of those gifts, it doesn't matter. You remember, we weren't born saved. 
So that means that the person that you work with that hasn't been born again, they have a gift from the Father. They have been given the gift of any of these for them to fulfill their purpose. And, you know, that would be a great segue to talk to them, uh, you know, about the Lord and about how, you know, God has a purpose for them in life and he's already gifted them to start working on that. And they're like, Lord talked about me at birth before I was born? What? (laughs) So it'd be a great segue. How do you figure out which one of those you have? Well, first of all, it's, I would start with what you excel in, you know, and you're like, well, I don't know if I excel in any of them, right? And maybe I see you're thinking, uh, you know, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, administrative, mercy, compassion. Maybe start doing more research on what those specific ones do. Start looking at the Bible and their examples of someone who served. Start looking at people that were had a, a you know were teachers. Now you're like, okay, well, teachers is on this column, but teachers also on the gifts of the father of the son. How is that going to be different, right? Because that does hold a different office. I could, you know, how many of you can recall? amazing third grade teachers or uh, elementary or high school teacher, right? And they're not pastoring a church. They're not teaching. But you're like, man, they do that amazing. I can think of David's sister. She teaches and she's taught, you know, what is it, like 20 years or something? And she's amazing. Like I, I wouldn't want her to do anything else but be a teacher because she teaches the kids and she molds them. And you know what? She's praying for them. She's teaching them the word and not, and now she's in California, so she can't really do it out loud. (laughs) But she's living a life that's an example to them and showing them love, the love of Jesus as a teacher. So obviously you don't find all of the occupations listed here, you know, that are out in the world. But every occupation fits in one of them. Exhortation. You're not, you may not be a cheerleader, but are you always lifting someone up at, in their, at work or at home and with your family? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Praise the Yay, Lord. It works. <laughs> and I were talking, and we were talking about how there are people that seem to be influential, and then there are other people that are just followers of influential people, and how that um, some people, no matter how long they live, they never influence anyone to come up higher. They never mm-hmm. provoke anyone to do anything more, to do anything better in their life. And then there are some people that that's all they do their whole right. life is they provoke people to become better, to do, uh, to do greater, to do more. And so, you know, we were talking about different people that had influenced us and different ones in, that had, uh, would post on Facebook or whatever, how many different people had influenced them. 
And um, then I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about who influenced me. And you know, I've been more of an influencer than I've been the influencee, mm-hmm. which, which I think has to do with the, One of those gifts. a big part has to do with these gifts here mm-hmm. and how, what the Lord has used. So like an exhorter is someone who is, you know, they're up front. They're making bringing that, people higher, ex- bringing mm-hmm. people higher. Um, you know, like you said, teachers in school, but there's also teachers in school that suck. And so they probably have right. that gift, they don't, you, know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, they're, they're doing it, but that's not the, you know, it's not their deal. So you can see how in life, some of these things, uh, again, everyone is born with these gifts. Mm-hmm. Not everyone realizes that the reason why they're talented or have an ability in a certain area is because of something that God put within them. And so they don't use it to the glory of God, but that doesn't cancel the gift. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Once God gives a gift, he never takes it back. He never takes it back. And that's why you have some people that are, for example, you know, wealthy business owners who have the gift of giving. They give a lot and they might give it to a lot of organizations and all of that, but they might still have a horrible life. Their marriage might be not working out so well. Their kids might be doing crazy things, but when you're actively doing and using your gift for God's purpose, he's going to line things up. He's, and you're going to feel, or feel fulfilled, and you're going to want to keep doing it. Um, so those, those are indicators. So I would start there, um, going back to your question, is really looking at who are examples of these gifts, who have these gifts, and what kind of lives do they live? What does it look like to be an exhorter or a teacher or in leadership, you know, because not everybody, you could tell not everybody has these gifts, but some of them are like, oh yeah, this and that. And then once you do find that, you're like, all right, Lord. And we'll talk about this a little bit later is really seeking out the Holy Spirit and building your relationship where he can then start nudging you. So he can start directing your paths. So, Good questions. Any other questions about the gifts of the Father? Back row, gifts of the Father? Titus, you have a question? Oh, no? Just acknowledging? Yes. I will speak loudly so that it will get me on the recording. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you don't want me to use my command voice. No No one here wants to hear that (laughs) or see it for that matter. So is it possible to have more than one? Yes. Yes, sir. (laughs) What are some examples of people that have, like, what's the most you've seen someone have of these gifts? The most in one person? Um, I mean, I could probably point to some person in here. (laughs) 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 Um, But you know what? Personally, I think that I could, you know, I would put myself in the leadership administrative, but also in an exhorter. I can think of many, many times where I could see the lives of the people that I have impacted changed and have gone higher. And teaching, um, because going up and being able to teach, and it doesn't have to be, again, up front, but be able to teach in a way where you're showcasing, okay, this is how I did it, or these are ways that you can move forward in these situations. You're teaching. And you can learn from, I'm sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying not to interject. No, that's good. You can learn, you can learn. 
learn these giftings too. It's like it's like leadership. Some people are not. It's like leadership. Some right. people are natural leaders because they were gifted with a gift of leadership and administration. But if you follow after their life, some like, uh, what's his name, Maxwell? Uh, John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. um, excellent leader. Uh, definitely a gifted leader, not only with a gift of the father, but I feel like there's a, you know, some sort right? of anointing on his life for leadership. Mm -hmm. And so you can follow those people's example, like Hilda, you know, um, we may not all be natural administrators, natural leaders, but Hilda definitely is. But I can is. teach you how to be one. <laughs> but if you watch, you can learn. You can learn that and get success in life because you're gleaning from someone who does have that gift. So some people, most people will have one gifting that is a strong, strong one. gifting and it's just a natural thing that they... And then others they learned, you know, as, as they... Um, observed others through impartation, through being taught. And, but all those gifts are for the purpose of helping us to fulfill our purpose uh, in God. As a body. And even if we never discover our purpose in God, that's the whole reason why those giftings were given to us. Because God gave us a purpose when we were born, and then he gave us a gift in order to fulfill that purpose. Yes. So you can have more than one of those gifts given to you, I think, at birth. And, you know, the Lord may have given you, <clears throat> but there'll always be one that's stronger than the others. Good question. Yes, ma'am. Does the purpose and the, and the gift always go together, or can they be? Always. Pardon? Always. Always. The reason for the gifting is because God gave you a purpose. Okay. So to fulfill, hand in, in order hand. for you to fulfill that purpose, you need that gift. gift. Okay. Yes. Just, just wanted to clarify if that was. Yes. <laughs> so some gifts you learn, and then other gifts are just given to you. Yeah, you're born with Yeah. So I can teach you how to be a good administrator, but you may not be a good, you know, like you might not have the, the gift of administration or, or leadership, but people can become good leaders and administrators by, you know, going to conferences, reading books, being, having a mentor, you know, things like that. You can become good at it. I think that's what we want to get to. And some people succeed in life and never allow the Lord to, for example, you know, Shelby, you could tell she's got a gift of doing something with um, leadership, exhortation, um, Definitely exhorting. Certainly prophet, prophetic. And prophecy not being that you see the future, but prophecy being more of a, a preacher, a proclaimer. Proclaimer. And, you know, so Shelby would fall into that category. Mm -hmm. the, the, thing, the thing about that is, is that we, when we discover, when we, when, we, when we start serving the Lord and we start living for God, we yield those giftings to him. Tyler said something one time when he was preaching a long time ago. It impacted me. I asked him where he got it, and he said the Lord really showed it to him. I kind of doubted it, but I think he really did. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, Tyler, Lord, give Tyler some. <laughs> I'll be best with you, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, but he said this. He said the greatest gift that God gives, gave to man was a free will. And the greatest gift that we can give back to God is our okay. free will. And so... When we discover what our giftings are, they will work. Elvis had a gifting. 
a gifting that he recognized was from God, that he never used for the glory of God. But it brought him great success in life, even though he, you know, uh, was almost like Judas and he, you know, burst asunder uh, sitting on a toilet in a drug, you know, <laughs> induced fit. It, you know, that, that wasn't God's plan. So as Christians, and I, I just want to say this because I want to make sure you guys understand this. Even as Christians, we can sit in a church like this and hear teaching on these things. But if we don't yield ourselves to, to the Lord and yield our will to the will of the Father, we can function in these gifts and have success at doing all kinds of stuff and God not be in it. That's why there are churches that are filled with people and not filled with the Holy Ghost. Well. Amen. <laughs> all right. And we're just doing a review right now. All right. Um, gifts of the Son. Uh, I wanted the next couple of slides, I wanted to give examples of people that you know of today. Um, so the gifts of their son are found in Ephesians 4.1 and says, And he himself gave some to, the, to be apostles, some prophets. And again, this prophet is different than the gifts of the father prophecy. Some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So these five ministry gifts are supernaturally given by the Lord Jesus to, to certain people. So they are callings that are placed upon people. Not everybody has these. You can't pray for them. You can't ask for them or will it to be uh, just like you can't just put on, you can't just be Queen Elizabeth. So these are, go ahead, you have a question. Yeah, is, hello? Is the, is the gift to the individual or is the individual the gift to the body? Well, as the I reason it, for it, they, so Jesus gives us, you know, Jesus gave these gifts to men and in verse 12 says, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah, for one, building up the body one, of Christ. One way, I, yeah, I, one way I, I interpreted that was that Christ was giving uh, gifts these, to the church. these people as, as gifts, the, giving a, the, the five-fold ministry gifts are gifts uh, from Christ to the body, to, to equip the body yes, and so true. forth, as, as opposed to these callings being a gift to the individual who, who become, you know, is the apostle or the teacher or the, or the, the well, shepherd. and without, is that, is that a, a valid way of looking at it? Well, without someone being called yes. to be an apostle, prophet, then we wouldn't have them functioning in the body. So it's not, I don't see it as a gift for the church without that person's calling. So it, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, right? So you have to have the calling first. And then someone that steps into that calling can then now be a blessing to the church because they're going to equip the saints. Is that what he's saying? Okay, then. Then yes. <laughs> All right. So any questions about the gift of the son? 
Um, just to clarify, um, so with the gifts of the sun, and I'm sorry if you said something about it. I might have been distracted. It's a baby. A little distracted. But um, for the gifts of the sun, not everyone will have one of these, right? Like this is only certain people within the body, not everyone. Not like, everyone, correct. Okay. And I mean, I don't know if we have percentages out there, but if I had to throw a number, maybe it's only 10% of the body would have these gifts because, so it's not, it's not like he's giving out all of these callings. That's not, yes, I said if I had to, but I don't, then that's not real. It's just a random number I pulled out of thin air, just to clarify that, <laughs> to preemphasize this. Any qu other question? So if you don't know if you have been called, then I would say you probably haven't, or it hasn't come to, the Lord hasn't given you the revelation of being called. You know, if you're a young person, you might not know. And do I know? I mean, is Keegan called? I, maybe, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> Just trying to make sure they're paying attention back there. But as you walk with the Lord as you develop your relationship, you're in the church, then maybe the Lord's like, all right, you're ready for me to tell you. All right, you're called. And this is your calling. And then, then you can confirm it, right? You can't just say, I heard someone in my head say I'm called. <laughs> so it would, it would take the building up of the relationship and confirmation from those around you that have that calling to say, yep, you got it. And I would definitely, if you don't know and you feel like you might, ask the men of God that, that would know. All right, any other questions? Because then we get to go into the fun one, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So now the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's where we can get into where we can now start building up our faith and praying for these gifts to manifest. Um, and so I'll go over there in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. So these are inner workings of the spirit that come on a believer. Notice it's, they come on when we are born again. First of all, you have to be born again. Heathen can't just have these things happen to them. And everyone can Notice, can, they can function in the, these giftings um, of the Spirit, but it's as the Spirit wills. So uh, I have a wonderful picture here of Mr. A.A. Allen uh, because he definitely functioned in these giftings. So in 1 Corinthians 12.4, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for a common good. So again, here we'll see. It's going to be good. The, the outcome is going to be a good thing. You don't want to ever leave somebody feeling bad after any of these are in, in work. So for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom and another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, and to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually, again, as he wills. So, Pastor went over all of these nine gifts and how they are broken down into different categories, which is pretty awesome. So we'll go over the first category, um, but first off in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, go over that real quick, gives us a reason why we get, we're given these gifts. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for a common good. So we want to make sure, again, it's a common good. So the first set of spirit uh, giftings are the power gifts. On here, again, I have Mr. Smith Wigglesworth, which you could definitely, uh, if you haven't heard of him, he definitely had power giftings, uh, the manifestation of healing, miracles, faith, very powerful. So when manifestation, there is a demonstration of God's power. So miracles can be anywhere from the dead being raised to limbs growing from, you know, from a body, uh, gifts of faith, maybe the Lord telling you, go by that field because there's going to be, he says, go by that field and you go by and there's oil in it. I don't know. You're working in faith. So, um, and that's a small example, actually. But so there are going to be power gifts that are going to be explosive. They're going to be, it's not something that would be very common. And then we have the revelation gifts. Uh, they, you hear Mr. Wonderful Kenneth E. Hagen here. Uh, he definitely walked in the revelation gifts. They reveal things to men that we can't see without our natural eye. Uh, they are only revealed by the spirit. Uh, we have plenty of instances where Kenneth E. Hagen, his middle name is Irwin. If you haven't, there's a, the E stands for Irwin. So fun fact. Uh, but walking in the ability, he's... He saw Jesus multiple times, um, and from that, he got different revelations, and he walked in this words of wisdom when, when the Lord speaks of something that is to come in the future, uh, words of uh, knowledge, present or past, and then discerning of spirits when God opens up our eyes to see in the spirit, in the spirit realm, whether it's evil spirits or angels any of those types of things that are, you wouldn't be able to see with our natural eye. And then we have inspirational gifts, which are vocal gifts. We have one of our own up there. <laughs> uh, vocal gifts uh, all require us to speak. It doesn't require our minds to work. However, you must yield your tongue. So we have different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, uh, in, the, in this case, the simple gift when we give a word from the Lord, either in edification, exhorting, or comfort. Any questions about the nine gifts and the categories that they fall into? Okay, so 
the, the gifts of the Spirit are where we can actually start believing God for to use us, to be able to have that be a part of our lives. And um, Pastor talked about how he used to pray this, pray a prayer each day, Lord, I want to be manifested in these gifts. Use me in these gifts every day. So to me, that tells us that you have to put it in the forefront of your mind. First of all, if you're, you got to pray, right? You can't just think about it. Um, but prayer, it starts with prayer and it goes back to knowing God's word. How do we, how do I know I can pray this? If I look at mine specifically, I was looking at Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. So whenever I talk about praying for these gifts, I have to believe that I'm going to receive them from the start, which starts with knowing God's word. If you didn't know Mark 11:24, how would you ever know that it, it that when you prayed you could receive it? So as we're walking into and this is really this is really what I wanted to talk to you guys about 40 minutes into it is how do we build our lives around a, the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit when his word becomes alive to us? When his word is not just, you know, letters on a paper, but that when we read it, my relationship with him is so strong that I said, I trust you, Lord. I believe that when I pray this prayer, something is going to happen. And that starts with our daily walk with him. It starts with delighting ourselves in the Lord. And what does that look like? What does it mean to delight ourselves in God? And in Psalms 34, uh, 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, if I want to have these giftings manifest in my life, and those are the desires of my heart, then if I change that whole scripture, I have to start with delighting myself in the Lord. So what does it look like to delight myself in the Lord? Using uh, Carolyn's dictionary, the Webster dictionary, to delight is to take pleasure or to give keen enjoyment or to give joy or satisfaction to. Therefore, to delight in God's law or his word, it would mean that we need to take pleasure in the word of God. In simple words, we just need to enjoy the word. And we can't enjoy the word First, without getting in the word, <laughs> you have to get in the word. And that's going to take dedication. That's going to take a part of us desiring it, first of all. You know, okay, well, what does it mean? It's not just like, oh, I have to, I'm a Christian. I have to check this off to read my Bible because it's good to read my Bible. But as we've gone through these giftings, God gave us these gifts so we can enjoy them. 
um, you know, recently being a new mom, I enjoy when I give Amelia gifts and she's excited about them, or even whenever I get to give gifts to any of you in here and I get to be a blessing to you, I get enjoyment from that. So the Lord said, I have these special gifts for you. Kind of going back to that iPhone example, don't just use it to call someone. Use the photo feature, use the text and the email and do all these things that it could do for you. So whenever we're building our relationship with God, that's really what we're doing when we're reading the word. Because the more you read your word, the more you understand how much he loves you. And it really comes with a place of saying, so you start out with like, Lord, you gave me life. You brought me into this world. You gave me a purpose. You've set me apart. So tell me more. Tell me more about what you want me to step into. Tell me more about what you want me to do in life. And it comes as you start building up that hunger and wanting to really acknowledge what he did for us, then we're in a position to start receiving. So when I read his word, in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel, who does not, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What does that look like? You're setting yourself apart. You're setting us, you're, you're making a line down the sand and saying, okay, so I'm going to step away from these bad things and I'm going to delight myself in God's word. And he even says, well, how do you do that? How do you delight yourself in God's word? He meditates on them day and night. So meditation means thinking about his thoughts, reading his word, looking into the things that he likes, coming to church. He enjoys you coming to church and fellowshipping with each other. He enjoys that. So it's making that decision that, okay, Lord, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to choose. And again, it goes back to God giving us a free will. We can, I can choose not to binge watch Seinfeld for two hours. Or I can choose to read my Bible or spend time in prayer or go out to outreach or healing room. So it's making that choice of, all right, I'm going to meditate on your word. I'm going to meditate on your on what you delight. Psalms uh, 119.33 uh, through 44 um, teaches a lot more about how to walk in his ways. Um, and here he's praying, teach me, O Lord. Teach me the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep these to the end. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. You know, and a lot of the times we, we talk about, we're word people, right? We have what we say. So I can choose to say 
Starting with that just small little comment, I delight in God's word. I delight and I meditate on it day and night. Maybe it just starts with that and then action will follow. Um, Pastor was, uh, last week he was preaching uh, in Richmond, he was saying, maybe it just starts with, you know, saying, I am a healthy person, <laughs> you know, and it does. I remember, it used to be really funny, I, a couple of years back, I would say, I don't prefer bread. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and before I started saying that, David would come home with like a, one of those large French breads. <laughs> And I could literally eat that whole thing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man. And that's what I got when I got into a big health kick. So maybe after children, I could get back on it. But I started saying, you know what? I don't prefer bread. I don't prefer bread. And you know what? I don't prefer bread. I, and it's, it's my body, my chemicals lined up with that. And you have what you say. You really do, and it could be anything. Like saying, I don't prefer bread. And of course, you want to make sure you lean towards God's word. Don't just make up some random things that's not good for the common good of the world. <laughs> but you have what you say, so start saying, I delight in God's word. Maybe that's where we start, just saying, I delight in it. In verse 36, it says, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. All right, we can all think about some of the worthless things that we've watched in our current day. I wouldn't even just say in our past, definitely in our past, but currently. And again, it's making that choice. It's making that choice. It, do I really want to live the life that will produce the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And that really, that's really where we're getting at. It's going to take something from us. We're, we can't be normal. We can't be just like everybody else. Because if we're wanting to see these manifestations to where we're seeing those power gifts of limbs growing and healing. You know, we have all these people we know are not feeling well, not, you know, they're sick, uh, marriages, things that are going on. Is it worth watching those things or putting those things in our ears? And it, it really comes down to making those choices. But it really becomes a lot easier to make those choices once we build that relationship with God. And now you're like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I, you know, I have other things that I want to do. I have things I want to delight in. So when we look at this, and this wonderful uh, scripture here on verse 43, it says, and take not the, the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. That's being doers of the word. That's continually walking and doing his word. In 45, it says, And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. So walking in that victory, walking in that place where 
you're following his word and these things are manifesting because you're being a doer of the word, you're, being, you're building your relationship with him, and now he's nudging you. He's like, all right, I'm ready, for, I'm ready to tell you, go here, do this, do that. And then you're like, oh, wow, did that just happen? Was that real? And those are things that we can walk in the supernatural when we're not just normal to this world. I'm going to read one more scripture about delighting in God's word. It's in Psalm 112, verse 1 through 10. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And fears is not like scared. It's just reverence. Who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. You're talking about my children now? All right, so when I delight in God's word, my children will be mighty in the land. So now he's like, okay, I'm going to take care of you now, but then also your children. The generations of the upright will, will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. That's no, that's no limit, forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. Those are the words that we want people to talk about us, right? He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. And all of that came from verse 1 where it says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and who greatly delights in his commandments. The more we meditate on God's word, the the more we receive from him. Uh, The more we seek, the more we find, right? In Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. But that's going to take a little bit about of what we do. We can't be normal. Normal is not enough. I think that's uh, one of the choir of the fires, was, that was their name. Normal is not enough. So we have to make that choice of choosing to delight in, in God. The more we immerse ourselves in him, the more expectant that we can become. And we will see that fulfilled in our lives. You guys know me. I'm a person who likes to have actionable items, actionable steps. You're like, all right. So how do I do this? How do I, how do I get this done? So I have a couple of examples of things that you guys can start with today. Maybe today, today you go, get home and go to sleep, which is fine. Or if you're a night owl, you want to start with some of these already. So first of all, we have to feed our spirits, right? It says in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that means we can't live live without it. So schedule a time. Am I going to, and this doesn't have to be 
you know, a, an hour, 60 minutes of prayer, or 30 minutes of devotion, but break it up throughout your day. Uh, recently, pastor gave me, he's like, well, you know, just while you're going to the bathroom, pray in tongues. And you know what? While I go to the bathroom, not, <laughs> but you know, I have to walk from my desk to the restroom. So as I'm walking, I'm praying in tongues. As I'm walking from the parking garage to my desk, I'm praying in tongues. As I'm, you know, it doesn't have to be a set time where you're kneeling in, on your side of your bed, but you're dedicating that time. Uh, another example is, all right, you guys check your phone, I don't know, what, 100 times a day? Make it a, make it a habit to where one of those times is opening up that Bible app. They provide a wonderful uh, scripture of the day. Read that scripture. It starts with just, just read the scripture. Meditate on that scripture. And maybe just building the habit of, well, I'm going to do that every day before I get up or the first thing I do before my shower is read that scripture. Because what that does, that's, that's building habits. And I'm big on building habits because habits are really what dictate our lives. We build the habits, everything we do today is from a habit. I need a cookie after dinner. You created that habit. I say you, I do too. <laughs> It's just building that habit. So we're, as we pray, as we walk to different things, we can pray. As we do a certain thing, we can read the scripture. Maybe then you're reading that scripture all throughout that day. But we have to feed ourselves. One of my favorite things that Kenneth Copeland said was, uh, the memory of a potato never fed anyone. What you ate yesterday is not going to take the hunger away today, right? So whenever we're walking and trying to feed our, our spirit man, I, if you try to think of how you look, right, how you, how we look in the spirit, if the amount of word we took in equal the amount of nourishment we had in the spirit, that would, you know, would ex explain a lot of how we, the church is today, right? So when we're about our business, create a habit to feed your spirit. So think about one thing right now that you could do, whether it's, like I said, opening up the Bible app instead of the Facebook app, praying while you go to the restroom or go from the car garage to your desk or any, anything that you know you do every single day. Just add that compartment of, Feeding your word. And like I said, it's little. But then if you go to the bathroom 10 times a day, you know, it adds up. Or maybe making a habit that every time you feel like you're going to open up Facebook, before you open up Facebook, you go to the Bible app. The only way you're allowed, and again, you're telling yourself this, so it's again your will, to go into Facebook 
is if you open up the Bible app first and feed your spirit. And I bet that'll probably help out the amount of comments you put on there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Or the amount of time you're on Facebook. I don't know. All right, so habit number one is to feed our spirit. Um, number two, strong Christians will need to build our faith. So in 1 Samuel 36, it says, David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So we're going to strengthen ourselves by reading the word, delighting ourselves in the, in the Lord, and you know the things that we talked about and what, what that looks like. So uh, exa uh, additional examples. Maybe you have a 15, 20-minute commute. What are you listening to? We got a wonderful app or podcast that you can listen to Sunday's message or Wednesday's message that you can incorporate. You know, if it was before you were listening to just music to relax, maybe now you just put the word, which is going to build you up, edify you, equip you. Uh, when you're at home, choosing different types of things you watch that, that are going to edify you versus... Um, I remember David's got a great example. <laughs> he, uh, he makes fun of that before, uh, before I got born again, I would, list, I would watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. And listen, those, those things really mess with your mind. That would be, you know, all out of sorts and thinking about, you know, what do they talk about? Like, they could talk about uh, people cheating on each other and being mental, with mental issues, different things like that, um, all kinds of sorts of havoc. So what are you going to be thinking about if you watch that multiple times a week? And that's what I thought about. It was horrible. And thankfully, don't watch it anymore. <laughs> so build up yourself with good things. Another is speak the word. I was just talking about uh, death and life are in the power of tongue. Say what you want to come to pass. If you don't want to have issues with the, your neighbor, then don't say, oh, my neighbor's always getting on my nerves. I don't know. Or maybe this kid never understands what I'm trying to tell him. My boss, I don't know, and then fill in the blank. But speak God's word, death and life. And I tell you, if, you, if you're, you're like, Hilda, for reals, you, start, you said, I don't prefer bread. Listen, try it. Um, there, another example was uh, when I first got, uh, when I was, started, first was born again and we were moved to Oklahoma City, I start, my prayer was that I would become witty. Because uh, witty, funny. And because I take stuff very literal, and uh, I'm still working on that. <laughs> David thinks I'm like that guy that doesn't let anything go past his head in the galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Drax. <laughs> and so, I don't know, I might need to start uh, coming back to that prayer. <laughs> I'm a witty person. <laughs> So uh, he keeps me in the straight and narrow. <laughs> so let's watch our words. 
Uh, strong Christians control their thought life. Uh, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but it shall, you shall meditate on it day and night, th that they may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That is Joshua 1.8. So controlling our thought life, and of course we have in Romans 12 that talks about casting down thoughts, uh, renewing our minds. Again, that's renewing our minds with the word of God. What did God say? And Pastor Annie did an amazing job at reminding us that God loves us. He doesn't think bad things about us. He wants us to prosper. He wants all of these good things. So when we are saying bad things about ourselves, that's not God's word. That's not God's word for us at all. He created us. He wants us to have the best life. And it doesn't incorporate with us, even if we, what we think, we will end up saying. So when we start thinking, I'm like, uh, I'm just not good at this. I just can't get this to work. It's, I'm never going to get it. Then you know what? You're going to start believing it. And then we believe it. You'll say it out of your mouth. And out of the mouth, you will have what you say. So we need to make sure that when we're meditating on God's word, we're saying it out loud. So we're reminding ourselves that that's the reality. That's, what really, that's really what God says about us. And then start, use fun little etch-a-sketch. Etch-a-sketch all those bad things you think about yourself and just tell the devil to go to, for a hike. Um, strong Christians anchor their hearts through praise. So I know we didn't, haven't talked too much about that, but in order for us to really step into that next level, we... We have to incorporate praise. It, praise always comes into the picture. In Psalms 34, 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I read that. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So when we're talking about, okay, well, if I'm going to the bathroom and I'm going to pray in tongues and pray, well, maybe at the end of the day when I walk to my car and on my way home, I will praise the Lord. And I will create a habit of doing that. I'll put on my favorite Christian jams and I will praise the Lord. And then you build that habit and you're then you're doing the word. Another thing you, it's to, and I mentioned this to pray in the spirit in Jude 20, it says, build yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. So building ourselves up, and there's a couple of other different scriptures I don't have written up here, but when we pray in the spirit, we're edifying us, ourselves. We're, whenever, that's one thing that I, last year was intense, to say the least. That's the only thing that I could do. I didn't know what to pray. I, I had worship music on, but I knew that if I prayed in the spirit, that would edify me, that would build me up, that whatever was that I, whatever I was facing, I could go through it. If I prayed in the spirit, I would be, it's like, to me, I see praying in the spirit and like working out. Because then I'm building muscle. I'm edifying myself. I'm in the spirit. I am becoming bulkier. But when we're lacking that praying in the spirit, 
It's, you might as well be eating fries. <laughs> no bulking up going on there. The different type of bulk. <laughs> but pray in the spirit. Like if, if there's anything that I've ever given suggestion to, I'm like, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit because that's going to build you up. And that's going to not... The, the prayers that you don't know what to pray for, the spirit does. And then... We can, you know, hop into one of these gifts from the Spirit, and then he'll tell us what those prayers are. Amen. And so then that way we can move forward and say it out loud, and you're like, yes. Um, another thing is to get rid of baggage. Start, stop carrying that junk from whatever's holding you back, whatever is causing you to feel anguish or sadness. You know, he gave us the garment of praise. So whatever is causing that, that's still holding us back from our potential, from the abilities to be able to maximize the giftings that he gave us, to be able to use that camera function and the email and to be able to do all of those things. So we want to make sure that as we're walking in the spirit, and maybe you need to pray about this. I, one of the experiences that I had with the Lord um, came, gosh, now maybe 14 years ago when I did a fast. And the fast wasn't about the deliverance I received, but I did a, and this is walking in the spirit. So we started a fast with a previous church that we were in, and it, was, it started out, you know, 20 days. It was 21, 21. 21 days. And, and I was doing it. It was going really well. And, you know, instead of eating, we would pray. We I would spend time with the Lord, which is amazing. Like, if that's one of the things, like, I, I wish I had more time to pray to be able to go back to that spot where I would get in my room and pray, and it was amazing. But the Spirit told me, let's keep going. Let's keep going after 21 days. And listen, I used to, at that point, I was teaching, so I was on my feet for hours, going after kids, all that stuff, and I was only doing uh, juices. So just juice and soups, broth, broth. No juice, right? Right. Broth, no soup. That's cheating. <laughs> but we kept going, and I would spend my time with the Lord, and it was, you know what, I was doing fantastic. It was great. I was building myself up, getting in the Word, and it was day like 39, 38. It was a Saturday morning. I was in the front room of our house, and I remember, I hadn't prayed about this at all. But back when I was BC days, Hilda BC, um, I had an abortion because I had a, I was having an affair with an older man and I got pregnant. And I couldn't, I couldn't have this baby. It wasn't gonna happen. Now, all of that baggage was there that every time anybody said anything about 
babies or abortion or any of that related to that topic, just make me get all out of sorts. But the Lord, and it wouldn't come up at any time other than somebody bringing it up. And I didn't pray for it because I was doing fine. My life was fine. And I was with the Lord and he said, I'm going to take that from you. And just like that, he took all that pain, all that guilt, all that ickiness. And now I can talk to you guys about it today. And really, it was nothing but the Lord. And I couldn't have put that, I couldn't have said, well, if I fast 38 days at this time, God's going to do that. And I, it couldn't have happened if I didn't get to spend the time with the, in the word and really delighting in him. But we build such a relationship where I trusted him and he said, we're going to take that now. And it's, that's why, like, when I talk about delighting in the Lord, like, it really is delighting. It is really spending the time because at any point, he could take any of that junk away. And and you're not doing it too. Because when you delight in him, all that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. But the fact that he did that, that he did that for me, and just that I can have conversations with people of how, what are actions and how that affects people. Or I can talk to any of you to say, okay, let's, let's delight in the Lord and how that looks like because his, the rewards of that, we don't even know. We don't even know what he could, the potential of it. But it's kind of like what Pastor was talking about, or David mentioned it. Pastor didn't know how many nights of prayer in his grandma's apartment would take for him to see that vision of what God wanted to do in his life. He didn't know. It could have been a year. It could have been two years. But he was delighting himself in the Lord. And he's like, okay, look, I'm going to show you what I want in your life. And so as we are spending our time in the Lord and we're delighting and we're choosing to do all of these things that right now just seem like robot things to do. But as we choose these things, the giftings will make room. He'll make those available to us and he'll trust us to be able to. And that's really what it is, is that can he trust us with these gifts? Are we going to do good with these these gifts? Because we want to make sure that they're for the common good. So whatever it takes for you to make that mind shift to see yourself in that victory don't allow your current situations to hold you back from entering into the ability of his goodness my gosh right now we talked about our children being blessed walking in prosperity walking in all his goodness and that's just a part of it but if I could Like if I could see somebody's ickiness and pain go away, my gosh, if I could be able to minister to someone to be able to see that, I mean, that joy, I mean, you can't, 
You can't put money on that. You can't put time on that. And so everything that we're doing now in order to step into the ability to build our relationship with him, the benefits are totally outweigh what we call time. But it's making that choice. It's making that definite saying, Lord, I choose you today. And maybe it takes doing it every hour or every day. Whatever it takes, start with that. Like I said, maybe it's just a couple of minutes here and a couple, and the more you spend time with him, the more you're going to want to spend more time with him. And then that just builds up exponentially. So as we wrap up, I did pretty good. Week 15, we can take some questions. Think about the things that you're going to change. Because this is really, I really want to challenge you guys. And I have, if we have 15 minutes and you don't have any questions, I'm going to have you guys write something down. I want you guys to think about what it is that you're going to do to incorporate delighting in the Lord. Because I, I'm like a parent. I'm like, I know what's best for you. <laughs> but think about what, what you can do starting tomorrow, starting tonight, that will help you walk in a greater measure of spending time with him, building that relationship. Because again, the two gifts, the gifts of the father, the gifts of the son, those are already the done deal. But the gifts of the spirit only comes with us developing our relationship with him, developing our self in his word and understanding how to use that great power. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> See, I told you that wittiness is coming back. <laughs> so think about, I'm gonna ask you guys to take your phones out, take your notes pad out or something where you can write what you can start doing. And maybe, maybe you're already doing some of the things that I ever mentioned. I'm gonna, challenge you. What else can you do? What else can you add to your day? And that's including the gentleman in the back. Monte, are you writing something down? Do you need help? Hmm? Oh, oh, that's right. We took their phones at the beginning of service. <laughs> Mental note. And maybe once you have written this, I challenge you guys, put it in a three by five card, put it up on your wall where you will see it daily. It's a reminder of your commitment. And he will give you the, your delights. A couple of things I'll, I'll throw out some more ideas out there. I in if you are if you are an iPhone user, um, you have the reminders app. 
I have reminders uh, that come to me at 11, 12, 1, 9 p.m. with different scriptures of the word. And I put my own twist to them. Um, for example, I work at Paycom, right? So, boo. Hey, hey, it's prospering. It's continuing to grow and it's going to do great things because I'm there. Because <laughs> I'm there. It says, one of my reminders says, I am anointed to learn, develop, and understand all things relating to Paycom on the level this world is not familiar with. All to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So, recently I started adding, I'm anointed to learn and develop and understand all things relating to Winner's Church. Amen. On the level this world is not even familiar with, all to the glory of God. And that comes to me daily at 1 p.m. So again, we can use technology to our advantage. Some people like that, or maybe you want to write something on your mirror in your bathroom. I've done that too. I've printed out things, laminate them, put them in a really nice background, a, a, a saying, put that on my desk. Everybody's got the fridge, fridge scriptures, right? If you don't, get yourself a fridge scripture. Every time you open that fridge, you can read your scripture. That could be a habit you could build. Can't open the fridge until you read your scripture. And they sound, you're like, oh, sounds silly. But again, if we're feeding our spirit, it's got to be continually. Think about how many times you snack a day. Like, well, I don't think maybe every time you have a snack, read a scripture. All right, now that you've written your, your goal for becoming more acquainted with the Lord, does anybody have any questions? And if anybody ever needs ideas and they're like, I absolutely have no time for this, Hilda. Talk to me. I will let you know when you have time. We'll, we'll put together, we'll look at your schedule and see where we can fit it in. Because there's always time, even with the children. There it is. Any questions about the gifts? I know you guys are so comfortable, right? You guys can go on. Very comfortable. And pastor's getting to enjoy it. All right. Let me. One of them is when you talked about praise. And um, immediately the scripture came to me. It says, put on the garment of praise. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. In other words, put on the garment of praise in place of a spirit of, of heaviness. And, you know, no matter what we're wearing, whether it's a spirit of heaviness or a garment of praise, we put it on. There's always something to put on. And exactly. We, we put it on. And <clears throat> so what does it take for us to put on a shirt or to put on a pair of britches or to put on some shoes? We have to go through the process of putting it on. We may not want to. <clears throat> in fact, most people, if they get up early in the morning like we will tomorrow, 
to go to our personal trainer, which we don't particularly enjoy, but <laughs> we will put something on to, to do that because nobody needs to see our business. So, but it's not something that we necessarily enjoy doing all the time, but it's something that's necessary. So putting on the garment of praise is something that we all have to do. And so what that insinuates is there's going to be times you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's not effective. Right. So your praise is effective as long as it's in your mouth. And it's ineffective if you don't put it on. <clears throat> the other thing was that you read a scripture in the book of Psalms. And um, in fact, it's the last scripture that you read in the book of Psalms. Do you, do you guys remember the scripture of the book of Psalms? Scripture 112? Yeah, go to, go to that Psalm, 112. And there's a verse in there that... 112, 1 through 10. Go to the last verse. 1 to 10, verse 10. <laughs> nope, that's not it. Go back. One verse. Yeah. Go back another verse. Go back another verse one more time. Another one. I'll go on back in one of them. Was it 112? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's, look, look at what this says. Verse 5, it says, this is, this is so stinking good. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Justice. And so, you know, I was looking at that, and there have been times that people have told me, you know, why do you let people take advantage of you? Why do you let people treat mm -hmm. you that way? Why are you always trying to do for, why are you going out of your way to do for other people when they don't do for you? And, you know, the enemy will try to keep us from, from doing things as a result of the truth of God. You know what? We don't do these things, the, the Bible says, because people do things uh, because we're treated fairly. Right. <laughs> we do these things because we delight ourselves in the Lord. And... You know, there's a blessing when we do these things yes. in spite of how we have been treated. And every one of us here can think of times that we were discouraged because we felt as if we were treated unfairly. Or, in fact, some of us have left churches because we felt like we gave so much and we were given so little. And that was, we didn't know this, but that was unscriptural. Because, right. <laughs> because the Bible says that's not what we do. It's well with the man who deals generously. And who, uh, no matter what they've been dealt, they're generous. And, um, I, I, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm just thinking about it. Um, one of the things that I know that has helped me in my walk with the Lord and entertaining the things of the Spirit. Um, I took, uh, a man took me to um, Longview, Texas and, uh, to pick up the airplane when it was, uh, after it was painted. And um, I, I, I gave him money for fuel. And after he got fuel, he gave me what would remain back. He's like, I have, you gave me $50 too much and don't tell me to keep it because I'm bringing it to you when I see you. So he, you know, he brought me the 50 bucks back and I didn't bother trying to get him to keep it because he's already, I could tell he'd already decided he wasn't going to take it. But he's getting his interior done in Clinton. And so I went and picked him up in Clinton and brought him back to Oklahoma City. And he said, so what, what did we burn in fuel? And how, what do I owe you? And I said, well, you, you don't owe me anything. He says, you got to let me 
take care of the fuel. I said, I don't have to let you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, don't worry about it. I said, it's all good. I, uh, uh, it was my pleasure to take you, and when you need to go back, let me know. But this is something that I've done all my Christian walk, and the Lord um, has, has made sure it was well with me. Yes. And so you know what? If things aren't well with you, check your check that. Mm -hmm. uh, that just hit me when I when I That's saw good. that verse. You know what? It is well with me. And has been well with me for a long time. And that's a fulfillment of these verses of Scripture. Boy, listen, you'll figure out how the Lord has blessed you if you continue mm -hmm. in his words and keep reading it. But I thought that was, those are the things that impacted me here today. And I, I feel like well, those are things. That's good that you bring that up. Because as we read his word and as we're delighting in his word, his word is a lamp. It guides us through our day-to-day -day affairs. It'll tell us what to do at our jobs. It'll tell us how to deal with our family, how to deal with our friends. It'll put us in situations where it doesn't look like it'll be to our benefit, but he uses that to bless us. But we wouldn't know those things unless we were in his word, especially when you're reading the Psalms and the Proverbs where it just literally tells you day-to-day -day living and how to do things and God's way of living right if you're not reading it, again, it's going back to if you don't know about it, you don't know that's how it's supposed to be. So as we're reading the word, it's not just a checkbox, but we're learning how to live life. And as we're learning how to live life, when we do it his way, it'll be well with us. He makes sure that it'll be well with us. So as we continue to, as you can see, it's all intertwined together. The more we're reading his word, the more we build our relationship, the more he blesses us with example, taking baggage away or blessing us with our children and doing all these things. But then with all of that, he's like, oh yeah, I got some gifts. Let me bring you some more things. And those are things we need to think about as we are making the choice. Because when you come home from work and you're tired and you just want to turn off your brain or it's the weekend and your family's calling you to do some activity, you have to make a choice. You have to choose what you're going to do and what that looks like. So make that choice today. No matter what it is, you're going to choose God's way and expect his benefits. Amen. All right. If you want any of this I, or just the giftings, of course, I have an outline if you want to take it home and meditate on it. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Did we get a copy of that? Is it, have you printed I, it or is it, is it posted? Can you post it online? Or? I can post it. I can, how about this? I'll put it on CCB our church community builder, and I'll put it on the Winner's Church group under files. And then anybody can have access to it. And then we'll get back to our next koinonia is on the 25th, and we'll have redoing notes for that evening. Yep, like we, just like we used to. Um, and, and we'll have notes for that night as well. Yes, ma'am. 
gives of Romans 12, uh, 3 through 8 is where it starts. I had a question about that. Uh, I, I haven't read through the, the context of that scripture reference, but how, how do you construe that those are from the Father specifically? It's just what people have, it's a term people have used, like the uh, gifts of the Father. Of course, the Bible calls the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't call the uh, ministry gifts the gifts of the Son, but so we infer that they're from the Son. And the gifts of the Father, because they came when we were born, I think that's why people have, uh, they're also called inspirational gifts. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, motivational gifts? Huh? Motivational gifts, too? Uh, the gifts of the Father? That's what I have on my notes. Yeah. Maybe? Okay. I, I've heard them referred to different ways, and it's just... Because they were given to us at birth, the only person that would have been able to give us them at birth would have been God, the Father. Because he formed us in the womb. One of the scriptures, I, uh, I'm trying to remember the scripture, but it talks about uh, knowing that there was two nations in, in her womb and one would lead the other. Like, man, nations. I mean, David and I were talking about it. If... if if two fetuses were already created to lead nations, imagine if one was taken away. That's talk, you're talking about nations being cut out? I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> All right, any other questions? All right, thank you guys. I really appreciate you, and again, I... I'm really privileged to get to talk to you guys today about one of my favorite subjects, which is delighting in the Lord.